Welcome to Wisco Legacy. I'm your host, Corey Kundert. On Wisco Legacy, we talk to inspiring Wisconsinites to hear all about their life's journey. June 7th, 2012, changed Kurt and Terry Ellefson's lives forever. On that day, their 14-year-old son, Jacob, committed suicide. Suicide is a hard topic to discuss. It's often taboo, and Kurt and Terry Ellefson took this tragedy, losing their 14-year-old son, and are making incredible strides in changing the narrative around suicide. They, they founded a foundation called Jacob Swag, and Jacob Swag focuses on suicide prevention, education, and awareness. They've done some incredible work over the last nine years. They have scholarships that they provide to local students here in the Monroe and South Wayne areas in, in Wisconsin. Uh, they created an app called Got Your Back uh, to have resources dedicated for suicide prevention uh, and self-harm prevention. And there's some other things in there as well. They, they dive deep into what Got Your Back does, but they're, they're doing some incredible work. Uh, the, the emphasis on saving one life, just one life, is what is pushing them forward in continuing this work on, on behalf of their son Jacob and I'm just so grateful for all the work that Kurt and Terry are doing and everyone that's involved in Jacob Swag. There's there's some incredible people doing some incredible things to help um, help people that are struggling. So this is Got Your Back: Suicide Prevention, Education, and Awareness with Jacob Swag. Hi, we're Kurt and Terry Ellison, creators of Jacob Swag Foundation, and this is our Wisco Legacy. Kurt, Terry, welcome to Wisco Legacy. Welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. All right. So before we dive into Jacob Swag, I want to get a little bit of a background about you two. Um, Kurt and Terry, where did you guys grow up? Well, both of us grew up in the city of Monroe right here. Both of us graduated from high school and... Uh, we ended up uh, getting employment here and decided to stick ho- uh, stay at home and uh, it, live our lives in the city that we grew up in and raise our family. And um, when you uh, live in a great county and a great state, and uh, it's it's hard to leave something that you really enjoy. We always joke that you know we haven't gone far in life. We literally live across the street from where we were both born. <laughs> so. <laughs> Yeah, I I feel the same way. Monroe is such an awesome community. There's so much community support here, and uh, I moved away for college and came right back. So I'm yeah. here with you. Awesome. What do you What do you both of you do for a living? Uh, I'm a teacher at Blackhawk Schools in South Wayne. I've been there for I believe it's going on 31 years now, <laughs> and uh, I coach football there for several decades, and uh, it's just. Uh, a really nice district and it's nice rural school and I really enjoy the kids and the community and uh, it's really been a nice fit for me professionally and personally. That's great. Yep, I work for Colony Brands here in Monroe. I work in the sourcing department. So uh, I've been there a total of 20 years. That's great. Colony Brands, uh, a pillar in the Monroe community. Uh, Blackhawk School District is is great. Uh, I know a ton of people over there, the the athletics and students. And there's so much success over there. So that's awesome. Agree. Yeah. 
All right. So um, you both uh, started a family uh, back in the day. You had two kids. Uh, can you talk about uh, starting your family? Absolutely. So we got married in 1996 and our first uh, child, Jake, came in 1997. So we did the two kids. We wanted the white picket fence, you know, the dog. And then our daughter, Sam, came along in 2000. She was the New Year's baby in 2000. So um, that was our quick little family. So. Yeah, I have I have two younger kids. I have a two year old and a four month old now, and uh, just seeing them grow up. We have we put a fence in, and we got the <laughs> play, the, the swing set in the backyard, all that stuff. Yeah. Oh sure. Yeah. 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 yeah right. So we had the two kids, and then I was a stay at home mom for six years to get the kids raised and into school, and so that was a great opportunity, um, one that I would never regret ever or. You know, especially today, I love the moments and the time I was able to stay home. Yeah, the, the ability to bond with your kids at, at a young age like that is is phenomenal. Uh, I wish more families had an opportunity to do that. Uh, it was I I would say that was the best decision we ever made mm-hmm. was when Terry stayed home and she took care of the kids, and that uh, I don't regret that in any way. <laughs> mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to talk about um, both Jacob and Sam, uh, what they were like growing up, what they were uh, into and, and all that stuff. Oh, sure. Well, uh, Jake, you know, growing up, he, uh, he was very into sports. Uh, he liked football. He liked baseball. Uh, he liked basketball. He enjoyed watching sports. He liked going to games. We'd go to Badger games, Packer games. He'd come down to Blackhawk games a lot. We would go to Monroe games. Uh, he liked participating uh, in sports, and he also, um, he just found a really good group of friends. I mean, friends that were just well-adjusted and friends that were just kind to each other, and uh, he, he was really on a good path, and he also enjoyed the outdoors. We would go ice fishing, uh, regular fishing, uh, hook and line. And uh, we, of course, then we'd we'd go hunting together, deer hunting together. Um, We enjoyed a lot of outdoor activities. Uh, To me, he was just uh, your average, not all-American kid, just a a normal kid growing up in the city of Monroe, I guess, is how I would look at him. He, He had a lot of opportunities, and he was on a really good path for success. And then Samantha, uh, she... um, it was very into sports too. She was into swimming and into soccer, cross country. And uh, she was uh, very, she also found a very good group of friends. There's a lot of really good kids in this city. And she just found a group of kids and um, she's well adjusted. And she also, um, she likes to go hunting with me as well. <laughs> and uh, she likes to go to games and athletics and sports activities and just um, they enjoyed and we enjoyed the fact that we had a lot of family time or we still do with Sam uh, with each other, a lot of bonding that way and uh, just a good childhood for them. And for us as parents, it was uh, it is uh, 
just nice to know that that your kids really do still want to spend time with their parents, <laughs> and they and they love you, and and we got to enjoy a lot of great moments with them. Yeah, sounds yeah. like a lot of bonding moments. Go ahead, Terry. Yeah, yeah it was a lot of family times around sports. Sports was very much a part of our family, with Kurt coaching and us going to different games and. You know, both of us playing sports in high school, it just was very much just a part of our family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, same here. I mean, the community of Monroe is supportive of athletics all around. I'm Blackhawks the same uh, where you coach. And yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of community support for, for that. Right. All right. So I want to transition. Um, in 2012, uh, there was some tragedy that struck there. Do you want to talk about, about what happened? Sure. Absolutely. So Jake graduated from the eighth grade at Monroe middle school. Um, we were looking forward to a fun summer. He was looking forward to high school, uh, about three or four years prior to 2012, Kurt and Jake started doing the tour of all the national baseball fields. And so every year as a family, we would go into our new field so the summer of 2012, we let Jake plan the trip for us, uh, being that he just graduated, getting ready for high school. And he chose to go to the St. Louis Cardinals Stadium. Yeah. So we were getting ready to go um, June 12th on our family vacation. Kurt and I both went to work that morning. He was teaching summer school. I went to work for a half a day. And that uh, morning is when our life changed. Um, we got the call that Jake, um, that something was wrong at our house. And so we came home and we got um, the information. And that's the morning we lost Jake to suicide in our home, which was completely off the radar, which was completely not ever in the back of our mind ever. So... Yeah, like like you said, um, Jake was the the all American boy, re- ready to head out to to Bush Stadium in St. Louis. Um, I I couldn't imagine uh, going through that and in that whole the whole grief process and not knowing why. I'm sure is is really challenging right. too. Right, we just um, like I said, it was never on the radar. We never. Um, saw signs or anything that we know of. Um, but looking back and kind of piecing together things, we see and have heard that there was problems there. You know, I feel Jake had depression and just didn't know how to handle it or to talk about it and talking with his friends. So there's just maybe some things we missed as parents, but we did the best we could. Yeah, can you talk about the community support you received after that? Sure. So literally within minutes, you know, um, things get out really quickly um, in a small community. And we had people at our house. We had, you know, people calling. You know, it was kind of a traumatic experience, mostly also for our community. We had people coming to our door. We had, you know, just everyone reaching out to us. Uh, people we didn't even know were giving us, you know, messages and bringing us meals. And it really just took us 
by surprise how much people really wanted to just help us in any way that they could. Um, whether it was, you know, financially, you know, given donations in Jake's honor or meals or just giving you a smile when you walk down the street. Um, we've said that living in a small community is an amazing, amazing to be a part of. When something happens in a small community, we come together, whether it's you know them or not, we come together, we support who needs the support, and we help. But then the flip side, it's also when you're in a small community, you're kind of like in under a microscope. Like everybody knows you. Everybody, you know, we've been a part of this community our entire lives. And so we also felt like everybody was always watching us or, you know, like for a long time, we didn't even, you know, grocery shop in Monroe. We went to go out in Monroe. We, you know, went out for supper or something in a different town. It's just as much as these people in our communities helped us, it just it was super hard to at first just to be that family. I'm sure. I mean, it's it certainly twofold. Like the, the support of the community is incredible, but you also don't want to go out and have these conversations and, and people mentioning it consistently and, and whatnot. So that. Yeah, I, I totally appreciate having to wanting to separate that a bit. Um, you know, if you were if living in a, a larger town, um, you might not have had that community support as well. But um, yeah, I can certainly appreciate that comment. Yeah, we've we've said many times, like if this would have happened and we lived in Madison or Milwaukee, we're not even sure Jake's Jacob Swag would be, you know, have been created. You know, it just would have been an event of losing Jake and then we would have moved on, you know, but our community and all the uh, local communities have just so gave us the support and the love and not just us, but our daughter and just so much, you know, that that's what a small community does. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So it, it's, uh, it sounds like it took uh, a full year or so of grieving, mm -hmm. um, before you you decided to uh, create Jacob Swag, um, can you talk a little bit about your your shift from? I mean, obviously you're still you're still grieving. There's it's still exactly exactly. But you can you talk about turning this tragedy into something that is benefiting so many people? Sure. So. Like you said, the first year is really just grieving. Um, and a lot of people sometimes say the first year is the worst, all the first. But the first year, you're still really just numb. You're just trying to figure out, like, what the heck happened. You're really just kind of going through the emotions for the year. So I honestly feel sometimes the second year of everything is worse because that numbness has kind of gone away. You've started to try to do a new life, new new surroundings. And so after the first year of losing Jake, um, it was becoming uh, like the fall. So probably six months after losing Jake. And we really just were concerned about the kids, um, like Jake's friends, Sam's friends, and just everybody in the surrounding like school. So we really just wanted to continue to talk to them and just let them know, you know, if you're feeling sad or if you have issues, talk to someone. 
you know, it's okay to not be okay. Like just the world's going to be a much better place with you here. So we wanted to just do something really for the kids. So because we were had such great support from our community and from like memorials and stuff, we brought in a speaker to Monroe, Sean Harper, which was with the Indianapolis Colts. He was a very um, positive person, a speaker talking about, you know, his upbringing and what he's gone through. And so we wanted to bring him in just to talk to kids. And so we brought him in and we had an amazing um, response from kids in schools. You know, we had some kids come forward that, you know, asked for some help with their counselors and everything. And so we sat and we talked about it and we said, like, this really just went well. Like kids really talked about it and maybe this is something we want to continue doing. And so Kurt and I talked about it. We talked about it with our families. We talked about it with Sam. And it's one thing we wanted to continue doing is to continue helping our communities, young and older, you know, just suicide is a tough subject. Mental health is a tough subject. We just wanted to be the advocates for people. So in 2013, we developed and created Jacob Swag Foundation. So Swag stands for support with awareness and giving. The reason we said swag is because in eighth grade, Jake had a pair of aviator sunglasses and he used to walk around thinking he was just, you know, the best thing in the world. And he had the swag with the girls. So that was very much a part of Jake's being and who he was. So we wanted it to be something about him. So we started Jacob Swag in 2013. It was really small at first. We had a small board of four of us to begin with. Um, we asked a couple of families that were close to us and these individuals also had personal relationships with Jake and also had personal relationships with losing people in their life to suicide. So we asked them to be a part of our board. So we created this, the board and then we moved forward it was really small to be the first couple of years. We just did school programs. We talked, we brought in a speaker. It was just more continuing to tell our story, to show our communities that, you know, this awful thing happened to us, but we're going to continue to move on and move forward. And that was one thing our community let us grieve in public. You know, they would see Kurt and I still go to the baseball games with the boys. They would see us sit there and we would be, you know, the, it would be tough walking away from a game and the boys would be with their parents and there we would be walking away by ourselves. So we had great support, but they let us be us. They took us in. They continued to let us be a part of their lives, his friends. And so we just continued talking about it within the communities um, and even the local, the little surrounding communities. <clears throat> So it was kind of small at first and then a couple of years into it, we kind of started growing a little more, a little more people were asking us to talk. And so now we are going on this summer will be um, nine years, nine years. The foundation has been in existence and it's continually just doubled and doubled and doubled and grown and grown and grown. And now we have support from, around the entire United States. 
you know, we have contacts around the United States and we just continue to talk about, you know, the hard subjects, you know, the suicide, the prevention, the mental health, you know, let's just support each other and let's build each other up instead of push each other down. So our work really is amongst all ages. We go into elementaries, middle schools, high schools, adults. So it really has just grown from the love and support from all of the people around us. Yeah, you've made an incredible impact in those those nine years. I had Patrick Bodell on uh, a few weeks ago on the podcast from Synchronous Communications, and uh, he he partnered with you on the on the app Got Your Back. And Kurt, you're wearing the T-shirt right now. Um, yeah. Yeah. So those those of you listening on YouTube, you can see the T-shirt there. Um, can so you talk about? Tony should have one. Yeah. The, the kids yeah. in schools, we handed them out. We gave them the schools T-shirts. So I hope the kids are wearing them in advertising. So there's probably five thousand of these T-shirts out amongst the world. <laughs> yeah. Can you talk about um, what the app is, why you created it, and and all that? Yep. So um, when we started in 2013, I said we would bring in speakers and do programs within schools. So we did that for five years and we were up to 14, 14 um, school districts that we would provide programs for. And so speakers would come in for like a full week, do multiple presentations a day, which was really great. You know, the kids really enjoyed them. We had different subjects about mental health. We had internet safety. We just, you know, had different people every year. Well, um, in 2018, we found that it was really just getting hard to get into schools for time, timing purposes. You know, schools are really just busy, period. And so trying to get in there, scheduling, you know, and really um, speakers, really cost a lot of money to bring them in for a week. There were some that were upwards of $20,000. And so our board decided that we wanted to maybe think of a way to really connect with kids and young adults and adults on a 24 seven basis. These speakers were coming in. They were great speakers. Kids really connected with them. But then what happened two weeks later? You know, they moved on with their lives um, that maybe just faded a little bit. So our board of five now, we added another board member um, in the last eight years. And so we decided what can we do to be better connected with kids, young adults. And, you know, we really just were kind of thinking about it. And then this is so cliche that literally one night I woke up and I thought, you know, what is the one thing that causes so much anxiety and depression and issues in adults, kids, young kids' life? You know, it's a cell phone. 90% of people have electronic device. And so we, I thought, well, what's the one thing is a cell phone. Can we do like a reverse psychology? This one thing that really just causes problems, maybe it can help them. And so I said, let's build a phone app. How hard is it for a phone app? So I took it to our yeah. board. <laughs> I took it to our board and we're like, you know, that sounds like a good project, but like we had no clue no clue what the heck to do with it. So that's when we met up with Patrick Bodell in Synchronous. We approached him and said, you know, this is what we are thinking. This is what we hope to do. Can you help us? 
And at that point, they had not built a phone app from ground up. So they were excited and they wanted to join in and do this project. So we went into contract in March of 2019. We thought maybe it would be like a six to nine month project, you know, because we had to bring in all the content, we had to develop it, we had to, you know, do everything. And so it really took a little over a year to build this app. So we wanted to, the app to be perfect when it came out. We wanted it to be very user friendly. And the one and most important thing I wanted with this is to be free. You know, a lot of apps are out there. They're, you might have to pay for them, but I never wanted anyone to ever have to pay to use this app. Um, I wanted people to not download it because it, even if it costs a dollar, I didn't want that. So we went in production with uh, Patrick and it really was, um, had a couple speed bumps that we had to like regroup and figure out, you know, things that we couldn't do or could do. And then things that we thought we wanted on it, we developed them and then it just didn't fit right. So also within the development, we brought in a lot of local people. We wanted to make sure that this really was a good fit for multiple people. So we brought in Jake's friends, we brought in teachers, parents, school counselors. We also brought in uh, individuals from the SSM mental health department. We had, you know, just anyone we could have look at it in the beta setting, the testing, we wanted it just to make sure it was very user-friendly. So the app was ready in 2020, April, and we were really excited. We were going to do like a big launch party, a big celebration. We were just going to announce it to the world, and that couldn't happen because <laughs> COVID hit <laughs> with everything else. And so we kind of just put it on pause for a few months because many of us thought COVID was going to be around a couple weeks and we are just going to move on with our lives. And so we thought people really just needed to take the time because a lot of people's lives were very much up in the air. You know, work was different. Schools were different. Life in general was just different with COVID. So we kind of put it, the launch back a little bit. But then come June, we still had COVID and people were really struggling with mental health. Um, kids were struggling with mental health, adults, um, workers, companies. So we got together as our group and we said, you know what, we need to launch this in a different way than we originally planned. And so we did a big media launch and we rolled out the app in June of 2020 then. I would say that's that's great timing. Uh, like you mentioned, there's a lot of people that are struggling uh, with COVID yep. and students going through uh, last year's school virtually for the most part had to be incredibly difficult um, for them. And I know schools have a, a really high emphasis on school psychology and mental health um, mm -hmm. with all the stuff that's going on. So this app is, uh, to me, like perfectly placed and perfectly timed for uh, addressing those needs. Yeah, we just we just couldn't wait. If we we saw the need, the need was immediate, and there was no reason to wait when you had something that could possibly help a young person or or anyone for that matter. Right. Yeah. And so when we were building this, you know, a lot of times when uh, you build apps or downloads or 
in this world, a lot of people like how many likes, you know, they measure things on likes and downloads and stuff. And I remember Patrick asking me like, what's, what's your goal in this? And I said, well, one And Patrick's, I thought was going to fall off his chair. He's like one. <laughs> I said, yeah, if one person uses this app and they choose not to hurt themselves or they extend it out to someone that it could honestly save their life, then our project is complete. That's incredible. Patrick mentioned that exact same thing in, in our episode. <laughs> we talked about this and yeah, the impact to, to one life is yeah. incredible. So in the fact that you're doing this uh, and it's effect, it's impacting a, a lot of lives is just incredible. Uh, it's yeah. inspiring work. Um, can you talk about some of the, the features of the app and uh, how it can help people? Sure, absolutely. So we pass out these little these little cards. They're like our little business cards. They show how to like download the app and what's involved in them. I think we've passed out. I I think we've ordered over twenty five thousand of these. They have been mailed out around. So we when we thought about the app, we thought about really a stoplight at the very beginning. You have your red, yellow, green, and so we wanted it to have different parts of it. And so at the start of the app, when you open it, you're going to come into your crisis page. And at your crisis page are your most important things at the at that time with the app. You can quickly connect with 911. You can quickly connect with the National Hotline for Suicide Awareness. You can also do a texting hotline, which is also called the 741-741 hotline. It's all text-based. You know, so this is really popular with the younger kids or even teenagers. Teenagers and young kids really have a hard time having conversations sometimes. They have a hard time expressing themselves or talking or asking for help. So this hotline that's all text-based is out there. So you can do, um, you can hit the quad and then it just goes into the text. And when we're having these crises, we don't want people to try to think about what to say. You know, when you're in crisis, you don't know what to say or how to do it or when to do it. So within these parts of the app, we have pre-made messages that are already in there, ready to go. All you have to do is hit that part of the app and send the message and the conversation has started. You don't need to ask for help. We've already have that in there. We want people to not be um, not be um, sure what to do or what to say. So we just put it there for them to do it. And then we also developed this part of the app that's called My Squad. So Jake used to call his really good friends his squad members. And so this is a part of the app. This um, actually is your personal support network. So you'll be able to put up to four people um, that truly help you in your mental health, that help you when you're in crisis, you'll be able to put them specifically into this part of the app. And you're going to talk to them before you put them in and say, hey, I've got this mental health app that I'm going to add you as my squad. If you get this message from me, it's urgent. Call me, text me, come find me. You know, it's an emergency. So again, within this part of the app, we put a pre-made message that says, you know, you're a part of my squad. I'm in crisis. I need you to check on me. So again, people don't have to ask what to say or when to do it. They just have to send that part of the app. And then the message goes out and then there's the conversation. 
That's incredible. Um, like you mentioned, uh, younger kids, even like I'm 30 and uh, a lot of my friends would rather text than call, uh, especially mm-hmm. in your, if you're in a crisis situation. Um, it's much easier to click a couple buttons than uh, pick mm-hmm. up the phone and call somebody. So uh, the fact that you guys saw that and had that vision was, was incredible uh, to be able to do that. So appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I've noticed being a teacher, uh, and I've taught long enough, our, our lunchroom down at Blackhawk used to be very loud. It, there was the, the, the kids were not being mischievous, but there was just a lot of talking in a, in a cinder block wall room, and it was loud. And I'm sure Monroe High School was the mm-hmm. same, and the rest of them as well. And with the advent of phones, you can almost hear a pin drop now when you walk through there when kids are, are eating, because they literally will just text the person sitting across the table from them and have a conversation instead of like people our age, we would actually have a conversation and talk. And with that is, that just tells me that the kids are really using electronics and phones. And I I always joke and say, people our age, when we were born, we were born with 10 fingers. The the kids today, they're born with 10 fingers and a phone (laughs) attached to their hand. The phone is always with them. It's it's always being used. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's nice that they have the resource in their pocket or at their disposal whenever they want. I think kids, if they feel they're more in control and they have it and they can use it as they see fit, I think it's going to be more beneficial to them in a, in a, a lot of them, and I have even done it myself, some of the um, calming activities in there, uh, whether it be a breathing exercise or a counting exercise, that helps people just with anxiety or stress. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily, this app is not just for people that are thinking about self-harm. There's a lot of uh, things they can do to help alleviate a lot of stress in their life and just kind of center themselves and... and um, to me, that's that's very important because it reaches a large gambit of people. Absolutely. So you can find it's it's called Got Your Back, correct? Yep, Got Your Back. You can find it on um, uh, the iOS and Android devices, and, and yep, all it's that. completely free on Apple and Android. Awesome. Anything else you want? Down, yeah. Download it and just look for this little app. This is kind of our little logo for it. And this is a special logo too, because this person, the smaller person in it is actually a silhouette of Jake. Um, That's a silhouette of Jake that uh, Patrick and his team were able to make for us. And then the other person would be his best friend as an adult, you know, with his arm around him, you know, still having his back. So, you know, that's just um, part of the crisis page. But like Kurt was talking about, there's also places on there we have like a support locators. Anywhere in the United States, you can hit this part of the app and any behavioral um, mental health will come up where you are and you can start to get help there. You know, a lot of people travel or go to school, college kids, they don't know where to ask for help. They don't know where to go. So this app will bring up a database um, and will at least get you started somewhere to find help. And then another thing we just added is the safety plan. So a lot of times when people are getting help, either with counselors or therapists, they have these safety plans in place that, you know, it's a basic nine questions. 
What can we do to keep you safe when you're in crisis? You know, things that help you, things that trigger you. It's just, you know, some great information to share with people. But the problem is a lot of times it's sitting in someone's office. It's in a file somewhere. It's not on the person that needs it. So you can put your safety plan. Um, we have nine questions in the app. You can answer them. You can change your answer every day. And then once that safety plan is in place, you can share that with your squad members. So the people that are going to support you in crisis, you can send that to them so they know what to help you with and how to calm you and what to do and what not to do. And also, we just added um, a daily mood tracker. So a lot of times, you know, we have good days, we have bad days. And if we go in and we talk to someone or we want to say, you know, I had a really great day a couple days ago, but I can't remember why I had a good day or why I had a bad day. We have a place in the app where you can rate your mood every day and then you can add notes into there like why you had a good day or why you didn't have a good day. Then you can kind of build a case and you can see a trend of things that are happening and you can share that with people that you may be talking to. And you can go back for one year and look at all of your notes in your mood tracker because we want to create the story and we want to be able to remember. And I have a hard time remembering what I do from day to day, let alone two weeks if I have to wait for an appointment. You know, there's a waiting list to get in for um, facility help for some people are months. So we want people to be able to just help themselves in the interim of trying to get in to um, seek help if they need it. Yeah. And yeah, then, the, yep, the last part of it is actually the mindfulness part. So we wanted people to be able to help themselves. We want them to be able to recenter themselves and not make those choices they can't come back from. So we added uh, mindfulness exercises. We have four different exercises that are talking you through um, calming voices. There's counting exercises, visualization exercises. There's deep breathing exercises. So. You can play these as many times as you want as a day. We just want you to get your anxiety down, lower your heart rate, and get to a safe place where you can ask for help. So there's a lot of different phases within there. And then there's the basic information about, you know, warning signs, what to do if you think someone's going to hurt themselves, you know, just lots of information in there. So a lot of information packed into the one place where people can get it and not have to go to different places to get it. Yeah. And it sounds like the, uh, the app can be utilized by anyone. You don't have to have those, those self-harm thoughts to download nope. it and get benefits. So nope. that's incredible. I, I downloaded it a few weeks yeah. ago and I've been oh. checking it out. It's a yeah. great tool. Like if, if you have a friend that, you know, you think, you know, could use it, it's just great starting conversation with someone, hey, let's talk about this app. You know, when we go out and present about it, you know, we all have these toolboxes full of tools. We don't use them every single day, but the day you need that certain screwdriver or pliers or something, it's there to use. This app is the same thing. It's another tool in your mental health toolbox. You not necessarily will use it every single day, but you could, I mean, with the exercises or the journaling, but it's there when you need it. You don't have to go look for it. You don't have to go try to look at a 10-digit 800 number to call the suicide awareness line. And we also have a lot of other awareness um, connections within the app, too. I mean, we have the special numbers for the veterans and for the farmers and for the LGBTQ. You know, so there's a lot of great resources out there for people. We just wanted to provide it in one space. 
Yeah, that's that's incredible. Uh, can you talk about uh, the the community involvement that you do with Jacob Swag? I know you you make a lot of connections with a lot of the local businesses and in Monroe and the surrounding communities. Can you talk about uh, who you're involved with and uh, the importance of that? Well, yes, and I'd like to preface that with, um, on on a final thought about the app, so to speak, Mm -hmm. is this is not mine and Terry's app. It's not really Jacob's Swag's app. This this Mm -hmm. is the community's app. Um, We are just beyond grateful, uh, gracious. We are humbled uh, that the community has um, supported us, they believe in us, uh, they've helped us out financially, whether it be businesses or individuals, and are in and, and some places have just run fundraisers and donated the money to Jacob Swag, and that money went into this app. The community did the beta testing, they came up with the ideas for the app. This is not all of our idea, this is the community that, that backed us, and that tells us we're doing good things, but we are just so grateful and so gracious to this community and all the businesses in Greene County and extended area for supporting this app because without them, this this would not have happened. There, there would not be an app if it wasn't for the kindness of, of individuals and businesses in this area. So we, we, we thank them every day. We, we can't yeah. say enough good things about this community and, and what they've done uh, in terms of basically building and supporting and funding this app. Yeah, it was, that, uh, well, it was a very costly um, project for us to do. And we wrote six grants, hoping to maybe get one or two of them because at that point it was just an idea. We didn't have any visuals. We didn't have anything started. And our community like answered us back with, we received all six grants. Yeah. People believed in this yeah. project. People came forward and said, we had service groups that just said, this is an amazing thing. We want to be a part of it. So, you know, the building of the app was, you know, financially a big project and just every year supporting it because every time we do a change to it or we add something to it or improve it, you know, it's, it's a costly um, increase, but you know what? We have amazing support that really just lets us help people with this app. So, and then in the last six months, um, we had SSM health approach us and said, you know, this is a great app. We want to be a part of it. And we're like, wow, like this is, this is a healthcare (laughs) facility in the Midwest that really just want to be a part of it and they believe in it. And so that was kind of our, wow, this is, this is something like this, this has come around. <laughs> yeah. That's, in, that's incredible. Yeah, I know. I think you, you have some connections with avenues counseling and uh, the green County YMCA just had a, a big grant yep. that they received. It sounds like you guys are part of that too. Yep. So we will be a part of um, building the new facilities out to the Y they brought us on board for the mental health part of it, um, just to keep our kids, you know, to have a safe place to go and to make them feel like they're wanted and needed and they're just safe. So we look forward to working with the Green County YNC and all the departments that will be working on that amazing grant they just received. Yeah, that's great. So how can how can people help and support Jacob Swag? I know there's there's scholarships and uh, funds that that 
become raised and things like that. How can, how can our listeners support Jacob Swag? So if, uh, for one thing, they can support us by using the app, talking about the app, sharing the app, you know, just getting it out there. When we brought this app out, we thought, you know, we could do this huge promotion and just throw it out there to everyone. But we wanted to do kind of like the small ripple effect, just slowly get it out to people and to um, individuals. If people want to support us, you know, we have a website. Um, they can make donations to us. We're hoping that this year in 2022, we can bring back a community event. We've been on hiatus for two years with COVID. We haven't been able to really do anything within the community. And so we're hoping to bring that back this year. And then, you know, there's always volunteer opportunities, but it really is, you know, just helping us is supporting your individuals and your families and your friends just with their mental health. Talk about it. You know, it's not a shameful subject. Suicide awareness, prevention, you know, nobody asked to be a part of this club, but, you know, just supporting each other and just being kind because you just never know how someone's going to take something. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I have some rapid fire questions uh, to go over, but is there anything else you want to add about um, Jacob Swag, the app, uh, suicide prevention, uh, anything like that? Well, I, I guess I would add, you know, the... A lot of these businesses, they hold fundraisers uh, in a percentage of their their earnings. I believe it's for that day, isn't it, Dan? Yeah. Uh, that's donated to Jacob Swag, and these businesses have supported us. And, like, County Brands has been just phenomenal, and their employees are have donated, and the company itself has donated. They have been just a godsend to Jacob Swag and what they have done. Uh, for our family personally and for uh, promoting this app. And there's so many other businesses and, and you don't want to leave any out. Um, I guess to all the businesses, um, we are we are grateful to them and, and for them to support us. If people just support their local businesses, that, that uh, in turn uh, seems to support SWAG as well. Um, as, as for the suicide, the question that you alluded to uh, right before that, when I was younger, it was a stigma. It was taboo. You just did not talk about it. And if you heard about someone uh, losing their life to suicide, um, it, it was not to be spoken of. And I look at it now that uh, I'm on the other side and I'm older and hopefully wiser now, um, that is not how that should have been handled back in the 70s, you know, growing up, uh, those types of things, uh, even 80s. Um, talking about it, getting discussion, uh, mental health awareness, those things are the things that I hope uh, this app promotes, and I hope people are doing that. And I think it's getting better. Um, uh, what's your take on that, Corey? Do you think it's improving? I, I do wonder. I am curious. Yeah, I it feels to me like it has improved a bit. It's still a, a taboo topic topic to talk about, I feel like. But I over the last few years there seems to be a lot more conversations around mental health uh mm -hmm. and suicide specifically. So I've seen more people be more open about it uh over the last few years, which is really good because you know, being open and having these conversations can save lives. 
So um, with with support from uh, their families and uh, things like the app that, that you guys provide, I think are really huge benefits of uh, of that and really help open up the, the dialogue around it. Yeah. You know, uh, the app has become kind of our big project, but, you know, we do a lot within schools and communities. You know, we started an SOS group that kind of took a little some time off during the COVID we give scholarship to local seniors. We started that in 2016 with Jake's graduating class. And I believe we've given 92 scholarships um, to Blackhawk and Monroe students. We want to give kids that chance. You know, some kids just need a chance to go to school. And, you know, it's not all about the GPA. It's not all about, you know, which is all great. You know, people work hard and they deserve that. But sometimes people just need a little chance. We give out, um, we support programs within schools and communities that are already out there and are doing great. So we just help support them. We um, do pencil bags like to elementary schools. We've done buddy benches, you know, which are great in the elementary schools. You know, suicide is a really tough subject and mental health is a tough subject, especially for elementary. So we just wanna teach kids to be kind and, you know, support your friends. Let's just have those great relationships before we get to middle school when things really just go crazy at that point for yeah. kids. So, you know, there's just a lot of things we do within Monroe and the surrounding communities and southern Wisconsin. So we we stay busy. Yeah. And, and we for uh, there was generosity days down on the square mm-hmm. and we ended up packing how many bags, honey? We packed 800 farmer appreciation bags. So uh, three years ago, right before COVID hit, you know, the um, mental health was really a hot topic in the egg community and our community is egg based. And so they were really struggling. So we wanted to help support our local egg community and farmers. So with the community's help and community donations, we packed 800 farmer appreciation bags. And then we were able to pass those out in Southern Wisconsin. we had school FFA groups. We had Girl Scout groups. We had different groups help us get these bags out. We had um, like bankers helped us when they had customers come in, seed corn companies. So it's just a lot of small pro- projects like that. We just do different. So however we can support mental health with our community, whether it's a six-year-old or a 90-year-old, you know, there's always something we can do to help. Absolutely. The work, the work you, you, uh, Jacob Swag is doing is absolutely incredible. Uh, you're making such an impact in this world. So I know I certainly appreciate everything that you, you're doing, uh, and the rest of the community, uh, really rallying around Jacob Swag has been incredible too. We, you know, like I said, our community is our backbone and our support, but our board, our board is amazing. We have three other board members that totally believe in us. They support our family. You know, we have Todd Slushy, which is a Monroe individual. We have Karen Mal Bowl and Joe Monroe. Um, our group of five, you know, we have some great visions and support and they really just support us and help us achieve our dreams with the foundation. That's great. All right. Anything else to add? Otherwise we'll switch over to some rapid fire questions. Um, 
We're ready. Oh my gosh, we're ready. (laughs) All right. So I got three questions. I'll have each of you answer these. I I do this with every podcast. So um, who who wants to start? Kirk can go first. I've been there. Sounds good. All right. First rapid fire question. What is your favorite restaurant in Wisconsin? My favorite restaurant in Wisconsin. Uh, For me, I would have to say Bullets. Nice bullets in Monroe. Yeah, it is. It's a it's an awesome place, Terry. I'd say Red Robin. I love Red Robin, but we don't nice. go very often. But I love it. It's good stuff. All right, what is your favorite event in Wisconsin? For me, it's Packer games. Nice. Mine would be cheese days. I love cheese days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I get, I hear that all the time when I have Monroe folks around here. So that's awesome. Uh, last one is where is your favorite place to hang out in Wisconsin? Um, probably Hillsboro. Okay. That's my favorite place. I like to go to Madison. I like Camp Randall. I love the atmosphere. I love the sports. So I'd say Madison. There you go. Great. All right. So I have one final question uh, for each of you and you can um, answer this individually uh, as like around you. And then if you want to think about how, how Jacob swag falls into this too, feel free to do that. So um, Kurt, if you want to start, I'll ask a question and you can go from there. When all is said and done, what kind of legacy do you want to leave behind? The legacy I would like to leave behind is I would like everyone to know that there is help for you, but you have to seek that help. You know, you you have to seek it out. In other words, um, I guess in the, uh, how, I would, how I would state that is if we see someone with a broken leg and they're using crutches to walk, well, of course, we hold the door for them to let them in. We uh, carry their books for them. We assist them we can see that, that they are injured or that, that there is something wrong. If someone has um, an issue uh, with their mental health, no one can see that. You, you can't see that and you don't know that there is an issue. Um, so for those individuals, um, there's help for you, uh, whether it be through the app or seeking counseling or whatever uh, you need to do, uh, but please seek that help. And that would be my legacy, just informing people that there is help for you, but you have to go out and seek that help and please get that help if an individual does need it. Great. Thank you, Terry. Uh, my legacy for myself, I it would be that I would hope people would, would remember me as being a kind person, that I helped them or I made someone's life better by either helping them do something or just a smile. So that's what I hope people remember me by is kindness, but um, the legacy of the foundation, I would hope people will remember the foundation was really started and built because of Jake. He was such a kind giving soul. He really was always trying to make people happy and be the helper of whatever he was doing. But he was also, you know, struggling on the inside, but still trying to make people happy. So, you know, Jake was a great kid, a happy-go-lucky kid. And just if they remember that that's why Jake Swake is here to make people hopefully have a better day. 
Yeah. Jake left behind an incredible legacy and the work uh, you two are doing with your board members in the community is incredible. Uh, it's truly inspiring to me. So I appreciate both of you coming on and, and talking through this. And um, yeah, it's it's great. Thank you for joining Wisco Legacy. Well, thanks for inviting us. Your, your podcast is a great uh, community outreach. Thank you very much. And you, you are doing great things as well. I appreciate that. If I can help in any way, just let me know. Absolutely. Hopefully this is the year we can get back out in the community and start doing, you know, community events. It's been a dry spell. I'm ready to go. I need to plan something. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for joining Wisco Legacy. Thank you for tuning into this episode of Wisco Legacy. I have a couple action items at the end of this episode. If you could go out to jacobswag.org and review all the material they have on their website. They also have a donate button on there. Uh, Please donate to Jacob Swag so they can continue doing this incredible work that they're doing. Also, if you're liking this podcast, please go out to Apple Podcasts and leave me a review and rating and head out to Spotify and rate it and subscribe wherever you listen. Uh, It's the best way to support Wisco Legacy right now. So please do that and follow us on our social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Uh, Thank you for tuning tuning in to Wisco Legacy.